0: One of my favorite quotes with yoga is, as soon as you want to get out of the pose, that's when the pose actually starts. So as soon as you don't want to be there anymore, okay, we're, we're doing yoga now.
1: Welcome to the Pursuit of Happiness podcast. I am your host, Ryan McGuire. Thanks again for being a part of this journey with me, where I get the opportunity to talk with people from all over the world who continue to take steps in pursuit of their own happiness. And for this episode, I'm getting comfortable with being uncomfortable with the topic of yoga. I welcome CeCe Smith, who's a certified yoga trainer that's traveled all over the world and has done thousands of hours of training and practice. And as you'll see, has quite the bubbly personality She goes into the story of how she got started with yoga and how practicing took her out of a really dark place. I get a lesson on the ancient history of yoga and how it's as much of a mental practice as it is physical. By no means do I consider myself a yogi, so she breaks down some tips and tricks on breathing, what type of classes to take, and how to get your mindset ready before stepping on the mat. Whether you're a yoga enthusiast or someone who's a little hesitant to hit up a yoga studio, this is a great episode for you. The benefits of yoga truly run deep. And thanks to CC, I definitely understand that now. Namaste. Cecily, thank you for joining the podcast today. I really appreciate your time. Um, when I wanted to do a podcast about yoga, you were actually the first person I thought of contacting. And I'm not sure if you remember or not, but I ran into you about a year ago uh, in downtown Raleigh where you were teaching. And I took a liking to you because it was a beginner's class and you treated me like a beginner. And (laughs) Unfortunately, I'm still very much a beginner. So this podcast, I think, is going to help uh, a lot of us beginners out there um, it 's going to give a lot of information to people like myself, but at the same time, some really cool information for people who live in the world of yoga, such as yourself, who teach it and love it i 'm um, just trying to get there i 'll admit that i 'm trying to get there <laughs> and the funny thing was was after class, it was your last class, and I was bummed. I was like, I actually kind of like this class and you said, you're going to New York. I said, where in New York are you going? And you said my hometown up, up in upstate. And I said, well, that's really weird. What the hell are you doing up there? So that's when I followed you on Instagram. I've been a follower ever since. And I've seen some amazing videos, uh, amazing photos. You've, you've traveled many places, which we'll get to in a minute. So without further ado, go ahead and introduce yourself. What are you up to these days? <laughs>
0: it's funny it's funny that you say you were a beginner i like the whole the thing about yoga is i still feel like a beginner and i know that i have years to like tack on but that's one of the great things um but yeah so i moved to Indwell, which is like you said it's like no one literally if you meet anyone that's been there you like you know it's like mm-hmm. why would you go there um but it was just like a running ground or like a home base close to new york city i was like i'm gonna move here. It's gonna be really convenient and it was for the time but when you met me I was living in Raleigh North Carolina I'm from Clayton which is like right outside of Raleigh um working back then I was teaching so much I was teaching like 12 to 15 classes a day which might not sound like a lot but it was. It was sounds a like a ton so, yeah <laughs> but you'll meet teachers that teach like 20 30 classes a week so it just um, it's a spectrum now I teach like four to five like I have clients that are like private clients more so than classes at the moment because of COVID mm-hmm. um, but yeah since you saw me I moved to New York or met me I moved to New York I was in Montana for about a month then I went to Bali for about two months and then I was in Portugal and Spain and then Montana again and then COVID hit and I've been in North Carolina, actually, um, didn't expect to get stuck here, but it actually worked out. I got a cute little camper now, got a little setup. Now I'm just waiting until I can travel again.
1: So, (laughs) so down the road in this podcast, we'll get to how we can get to your website and get you as a teacher. And like I said, for personal experience, I highly recommend that. Um, So, I want to get into your history real quick you just touched on you basically traveling the world was that all yoga related or was that kind of also like just taking trips
0: yeah so my goal last year like something that I put on my new year's resolution list was to travel for work and I I think I put that on like a couple of years um, but it came to fruition completely last year and I was traveling at least once per month or once every other month for retreats or like coming back to North Carolina I count that because I was in New York so I was coming back to North Carolina to teach to the community that I had built for two years um but yeah everything else was I I do retreats myself um with this company I started with my Spanish friend Paloma called Meraki Yoga Trips so we did retreats and then I also started working for the company that I did my original training with as like a teacher or a and also leading retreats for them so i was all over the place and it was really really great and then covid was like nope you need to sit still for and i think i was craving sitting still for a little bit Mm -hmm. because a year of travel like as much as you think that you want it at some point you're like oh i just want like a little bit of stability and then the universe was like all right (laughs) sit here and like yeah yeah
1: yeah Yeah, it's super unfortunate but at the same time you gotta make the best of a less of a bad situation, I guess, which is why I started this podcast and you never know where it's going to okay. lead me. So let's go ahead and let's sure. kind of turn back the clock a little bit. When did you get into yeah. yoga and how, like what drew you into this lifestyle?
0: So this could be a, probably a long story. So if you need go to cut it. me off at any point, feel nah,
2: free. So
0: I was like, I'll go all the way back. I was, when I was four years, I was a very hyperactive child always like climbing up things like climbing up my crib climbing doing anything to like exert energy and my <laughs> put her in like some sort of activity um so they put me in gymnastics at a very young age so I was super disciplined from like three four years old uh through like high school through college through yeah that's about like two years into college is when the cutoff point was but I was uh pretty much, like, if you could be a professional at anything at a young age, I was a professional gymnast. I was in the gym from, like, you know, after school until 9 p.m. every day of the week, and then that transitioned to cheerleading and dancing and all this stuff, and my first introduction to yoga was I was at summer camp for these, like, really intense sports. Like, I don't know if you know anything about gymnastics or competitive cheerleading, but it's very, like, cheerleading sounds woo and, like, pom-poms. Not what I was doing at all. I was, like, A very like an athlete to the highest degree like have you ever seen the netflix documentary what was it again probably not it's called cheer no and it sounds like if you were not interested in it it probably sounds super cheesy but it actually depicts the lifestyle really well like your whole life revolves around this thing and okay so the first introduction that i had for, for yoga was i was at a cheer camp and my coach brought in a yoga teacher and she was like She was wearing like a purple peace sign T-shirt with tie-dye pants, long hair. I mean, everything back then that I was like, no, like I want to flip and I want to like get like teach me hard, really hard things because I love learning and like that was my that was my like discipline and how to like you know just how I survived. I was very expressive through physical activities. I was always very good at sports. And so yoga came about, I was not into it. So I was very turned off by it because she was teaching me basically things I already knew. I was like very physical in my practice. I wanted to like do things with my body. So she came in and was like, let's do a pigeon pose or like a butterfly for 20 minutes. Very Hatha, which is just a style of yoga that was popular back then. And yeah, so I was completely turned off by it for a long time. I was like, yoga's not for me it's too easy, like, I need rigorous stuff, so I was very much into competitive sports throughout high school, college, um, I ended up getting, so I was very connected with my body, but I, like, like, to, I was very in touch, and then got a staph infection, I was in the hospital for, I was in the hospital for eight days, had, like, two weeks prior, I was really sick, two to three weeks after, where I was, like, just not back to normal, and that was like the time that I consider I'd completely lost touch with my body. Like the mind body connection just wasn't there anymore. Like things that I could do in the past that I was all like I'm very visual like if I visualized being able to do something, I could do it. But then after this, being in the hospital for a while, it was like there was no it was like cut.
2: Yeah.
0: I don't know if that makes sense if you can like yep. relate at all. But it was yep. it was sent me into a depression that at such a young age I like had no idea. I was just like pfft. I don't need physical activity like screw it whatever um and then moved to New York City or moved to Brooklyn where I was working in New York City still like not in touch had quit cheerleading like had given it up I threw my like at the end of the comp- like nationals which if you'd watch the documentary anyone listening if you've watched the documentary cheers the last time I competed on the band shell in Daytona I threw my shoes in the trash which was like hugely symbolic as a 20 year old <laughs> it's like I'm giving up the sport that I've been like completely utterly devoted to for a decade and just like was done with it but yeah. basically for like now in retrospect I was like done with my body because it like couldn't do the things that I was used to doing it was the first like breakup that I considered myself ever having and then moved to New York like two years go by then finally my friend's like hey you want to go to this yoga class and I'm broke I like don't I don't have really anything else to do other than like go to shows and where I could like spend one afternoon going to yoga and it was it's called yoga to the people which I'm sure some people will recognize it's donation based you go in it was completely different than what I had experienced at cheer camp or gymnastics camp like all those times it was sweat it was like 40 people in a room you're mat to mat you're like sweating and moving there's a guy there's like a guru or a teacher sitting at the front Indian style just calling out poses and it was the first time that I like reconnected to my physical body in a real way that like got me out of my head and it was like so familiar that like something clicked finally like something was like oh yeah this is this is like home this is this is what you're good at, and I I'd been search I was like searching for jobs, and you know I'm in New York City, so I'm like I just finished college, so I'm like trying to find my path, and I was working in fashion. That's what I went to school for was fashion development, so I went to NC State, and then it was like obviously the next move is New York, right?
2: Right.
0: Awful <laughs> for that aspect, but <laughs> on yoga, luckily, and it's like you have you have this like two by whatever a yoga mat is, whatever dimension is, like, two by five, maybe. I don't know what they are. Um, This little island, and you're, like, in New York City. Anyone who's lived there will will agree to this. You're just going, going, going all the time. Never sleeps. There's always something to do. No matter how much space you try to take for yourself, you're always, like, sucked back into it some way. So instead of going to a show one night, I go to this yoga class, and I feel so much better – Than if I had done anything else, like the the person who invited me, she never came back. with It wasn't her thing. She like invited me one time. And then for months after, I was like, you want to go to yoga? You want to go to yoga? (laughs) (laughs) Like, can we go to yoga again? And she wouldn't go. So like at first, I wouldn't go either because I felt like I needed someone to go with me. But eventually, I like crossed the threshold. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, well, this this is what I need. So I finally took like that first step to going to a yoga class by myself and like making it a priority and then it just gradually built from there. And I never I never thought like at that stage I was never like I'm going to do a teacher training. No, it was just it just evolved. Like so what, if I had known that there were <laughs> Yeah. Go what ahead.
1: what year were you in New York City? Like when did that start?
0: Um so I moved to New York when I was like 22. So about and then year found that yoga. Be? That would be so I'm about to be 30 now, so like 8 years ago.
2: Yeah, like And so I,
0: it didn't happen right away. It was, like, maybe, like, a year and a half, two years into me living there and just, like, running, running, running all the time, all the time. And at that time, like, that was – I moved right after I disconnected, like, ended to, like, was, like, I hate my body. don't want anything to do with it. Like, let's, let's just be up here from now on. Like, I don't understand this anymore. It doesn't make sense to me, so I'm going to live up here. And I moved to New York, and, I, you know, there was so much external stimuli that I didn't know how disconnected I was until I made it to that yoga class and that was like yeah a year and a half in
1: so I really want to get into like the benefits and what it did for you but I don't want to get there yeah I want to kind of keep going with your story so two years in you kind of what thought I kind of want to teach this this is for me
0: well so I I just thought I wanted to know more about it so I'll kind of I'm gonna like the storyline a little bit into a bit of a dark place but that's part of it so right yeah um i was living in new york i was still really I like i love music i love live music so at the time i was like all about going to shows and festivals spent like the whole summer going to festivals i ended up coming back to north carolina this is like universal shit like lightning struck and i was not meant to like i was meant to be here but i had no idea why um, my little brother ended up passing away like the in the two weeks that I was here, oh, which wow. is just like which is why I always trust these like little men like the how I told you I was, I'm, wrote this down and of course I have because the universe is always this thing but so i it's been five years now, so I have a bit of a girth from it and can talk about it um, but yeah, so my little brother passed away and before this point I'd always used yoga as a physical like exertion of energy like it was a time to get in my body I wasn't healing anything like I didn't know that I had anything else other than to like move and just feel better and once that happened it was the only like it was the only thing I knew that could make me feel better in a short amount of time like I could have gone down a lot of other roads and I trust me I tried them and went down those roads but it was the only thing that lasted and like Actually, like before that I had you I was like very what I consider egotistical in classes, like I was always to the full extreme of the poses and like wanted to hit every mark after that, I was like, I'll sit in child's pose and like just
2: that's what I'll do the child.
0: whole time, <laughs> yep,
2: and I'm just breathe I
0: needed, yeah, I needed someone to remind me to breathe, and like the the effects from that were so much more. Just, like, the gravity of it was so much more that, like, finally the seed had been planted a long time. Like, when I went to yoga to the people, they always had the spiel at the end of class. You know how, like, this was before all the Instagram yogis and, like, people shoving trainings and retreats down your throat. This was before all that. It wasn't that long ago. It was, like, six years ago but it, mm-hmm. like I didn't follow yoga people on Instagram I didn't know that that was like a thing that you post yourself doing yoga pose which sounds crazy <laughs> now because it's what so many people do I in saw, my little it
1: everywhere oh yeah
0: in my little sphere like I don't know if there's still outside spheres but yeah once you like get into the bubble it's just everywhere so this is before all that I didn't know that there were like workshops or tr- like little intensive weekend things so the seed that was planted like when yoga to the people every after every class they would talk about their teacher training and so I just thought that that was like the next progressive thing like if you want to learn more about yoga you do a teacher training and it was a long time before that was possible but it just kept getting like pushed further and further and further but I always say like if I had known that there was like yoga retreats or <laughs> workshops or anything like where i could learn i would have been all for it rather than like jumping full in and spending like ten, not 10 grand but like you know yeah. three grand plus this and that it ends up being about 10 for your first piece training so i always say that if i had known that there are other things first i might not be where i am now but at the time it was just like why not do it if you really want to know more about it just like jump head full in head first
2: And so
1: and at this like point, you've, you kind of seem to have realized what yoga has done for you, not just physically, but also mentally after the passing of your brother, right?
0: Yeah, so I'm still, I'm obviously still figuring out. That's what I love about yoga. And it kind of ties back to my past with Jimmy. I was always, I just always wanted to learn more. I'm very, I'm very, I'm going to try to phrase or wordless in a way that <laughs> doesn't make me sound egotistical, but I like I'm very good at expressing things through my body like I if you show me a picture of something I can mm-hmm. emulate it and so yeah I always knew that it was that was home for me like being able to like being able to move was always going to bring me back to a good place but the mental things I'm still uncovering like I'm still learning more and more about it all the time my practice ebbs and flows like anyone else's it changes like sometimes I'm much more physical and then other times I'm more like let's just like learn a new breath technique and see how that can go but I'm I'm in a training right now and another 200 hour I've done I did another training a couple months ago like there's that's what I love about yoga is that there's never there's not really a whole lot of feeling like you think you need a feeling and then someone's like oh no there's this too and you can like learn the thousand more hours in this direction like it's just so it's such an ancient the idea of yoga is so ancient but it's 5,000 years old so it, the branches are endless which I love because I always like topped out really early while everyone else was learning and then I would have to wait for everyone to catch up and then I would go but that was, that was physical in the mental aspect I'm like I feel like I'm down here Wow, I need to like catch up
1: See, I look at yeah. you and I'm like, you're way up here. And <laughs> one of the questions, so uh, for the people who are listening, I like to send my um, guests like an outline with things I'm going to talk about. One of the questions I had was, can you master yoga? And it kind of almost seems like you can't, right?
0: That's what, that would be my answer. And like when, when I got your outline, I was like, yeah, that's a really hard question. So um, I think that, I think no. I don't think that in this lifetime I'll master yoga. I don't know if you know anything about Hinduism or like Indian culture, religion, Buddhism, Hinduism, but they have this, you know, the idea of karma where you're just like, you're living out your past life karma and then that's the goal is to live it out, figure it out, solve it. And then the next life you're like one step higher and it just keeps going. Um, So I don't think in this lifetime I'm going to master yoga, but there are gurus. But you can't name yourself a guru. Like it, it's it's this there's this saying in yoga or in this religion. As soon as you think you have, as soon as you think you have everything figured out or that you're a guru, you're not. Like that's your ego telling you that you are or you've you've figured this out. And then the realization that comes with practice, I think, and with meditation is that actually no, I don't have anything. To, or with life, like with the karmic. Revolve like revolution is that as soon as you think you haven't figured out like as soon as you think you have a grasp on what life is trying to teach you you're gonna get smacked in the face with how you need to apply this lesson in the future so i think that what i'm on the right track but i like it's just gonna keep hitting me as i go forward and i just have to keep reapplying and reapplying and re and learning and learning so i don't know i don't i don't think that I'm like a type where I have to experience it. So I don't think I'm gonna experience mastering it anytime soon.
1: I mean at least I guess yeah. you kind of mentally know that to be like in the game for the long term. You know, you're not expecting yeah. to reach a certain pose or some kind of feeling and you're like, I tapped out. That's it. And so
2: yeah.
1: It's probably yeah. beneficial for a lifestyle because if you were to master, I guess what else do you have to move on to something else? So
0: Absolutely. I think there's like a misconception too. Because if you look at, if you like Google yoga or Ashtanga, which is like one of the first lineages, it'll say that there's an eight limbed path. And so you think it's like a ladder. And you think that you're going to like meet one, you're going to come up one prong and then go to the next and go to the next and go to the next. And it is like that. Like you can climb up the ladder, but you hit, so the eight limb is nirvana or enlightenment or samadhi, like they have all these words. You hit that and you think that you can stay there. But it's, like, as soon as you're, like, oh, I can stay here, and you get that, like, confidence boost, that's your ego, and then Uh you're, like, knocked back down to prong number one. So, I think a lot of people have this misconception that you're going to, like, take all these steps, and you're going to be there, and it's going to be permanent. But, nope. Then life hits, and it's, like, okay, well, I have to start back from square one and reapply repractice redo all the things and you'll have like a moment of samadhi or a moment of where you can like sit with no thoughts in your mind and you can like watch the leaves shake on a branch and be completely content but then something rips you back out and it's like okay new steps to get all the way back there so So, i think that's like my interpretation of
1: so how much would you say if yoga is mental versus physical
0: so the definition of yoga is to yoke or to like unify mind body spirit so the goal is to like even out all those things and like connect them all mm-hmm. so that you don't feel any separation so i would i mean if i was going to be scientific about it i'd say a third of, of each like 33.33 <laughs> <33. laughs>
2: <laughs> all right absolutely
0: yeah, which a lot of people, like, I won't, I don't discredit anyone who's drawn to the yoga practice for physical, because that's how I got into it. It's like, we we're so geared to live up here. Like, there's so much external stimuli, and we're just geared to think about things. It's a monkey mind is what they call it in yoga. Like, your mind is literally, what, what's the quote? Like, it's a good, um, a good worker, but a bad boss. Mm. That is that ringing does that ring a bell like it's a your mind is a good worker but it's terrible at management so it'll it'll literally run you into a hole um so yeah part what draws people to yoga is the physical practice because they see you know all these cool poses and like people being shape and being able to i don't know what like for me it was mind body or body connecting to my body again um But what keeps you there, like the physical, like, you know, if you stick with it, the physical becomes less interesting at a certain point. (laughs) And not that it doesn't ebb back up, it ebbs and flows, like I said. But at some point, it's like, okay, well, now I've got the physical part mastered. And now it's like, can I sit still for 30 minutes and like, you know, be content with that? So Mm -hmm. it's... There's a lot of moving parts. And that's <laughs> even more
1: challenging in today's day. We're well, no because it's still for 10 minutes without yep. grabbing the phone or whatever. So that's <laughs> kudos to you. Absolutely. For doing
0: that. But, well, I'm not saying that I do it. It's, <laughs> it's a struggle for me. I, I definitely try. I have a meditation practice, but it's a, mm-hmm. it's a practice. And I, I think that that's a, a thing, too, that draws people away is that they think that you have to, you're expected to be able to sit still. Like, I'll hear, oh, I don't have time to meditate because I have this, this, and this that's my first indication that you need to meditate or attempt to meditate more than like, I don't know, I don't know how it's, it's honestly so mind blowingly easy, that people just don't want to do it. It's Mm -hmm. just focus. It's like watching your breath, which sounds totally boring. I I know, because I was there. I have, I have those same resistances to all these things too. But yeah, that becomes that becomes harder than the physical practice. But the with the eight limb path, like I was mentioning before, there's so there's three things, three limbs that come before you even get to a physical practice and or before you even get to the meditation. So you have a physical practice that usually lasts what, an hour, 45 minutes to 90 minutes that's supposed to like exhaust pretty much exhaust your body. And then you can sit in meditation. Before that, you're, like, there's so much energy buzzing all around that, like, you can't actually sit still. So I think that that's a big part of people's resistance is that they just haven't taken the right approach to it. Like, you really, need like, run 10 miles and then sit still, and it's going to be a completely different experience than if you just, like, wake up and you're like, okay, I'm ready to meditate today. This
2: makes sense.
1: This makes sense, honestly, because I struggle with – go into yoga. I struggle with the mindset is just not there at all. I want to be flexible, I want to be limber. I just I can't I just can't get there. Um I mean it's kind of making sense how like you if you exhaust your body and then you can relax. I I I kind of get yeah. that now. Like I'm I'm understanding how the ah. class is set up a little bit.
0: Um, right. Well, I think that, in modern day yoga too, it, it's lost a lot of that. So I'm glad that I got a chance to mention it here.
1: Yeah. So for the people listening, I'm going to ask a lot of questions because it's going to make me sound like a, like a newbie. No, no. So I kind of, No,
0: it's going to make me feel really great. <laughs>
1: well, it's good. Cause it's making sense. So like when I go to the gym, when I go work out, if I'm going to go run three, four, five miles, I know. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna get my music. I'm gonna hydrate. I'm ready to roll. When I get to yoga, I literally don't have a mindset. I I do not know what to think, and I I sometimes I'm looking at the clock, thinking, okay, I got to get through these sixty minutes. And I need a completely different mindset to succeed with yoga, which is something I really want to do. I want to step in the world of yoga. I want to get better at it, and at least introduce it as part of my routine, whether it's weekly or Four, or five, six times a month or whatever it is, because God, God knows my flexibility is terrible. <laughs> and, but at the same yeah. time, I, that's just the physical benefits. So let's kind of go to the mental benefits. So like what are some of the mental yeah. benefits from doing yoga that you've experienced and that maybe you're still reaching for? Mm,
0: so my biggest takeaway is probably just the ability to pause before I react. So like if you're in a really hard yoga pose and it, like, so imagine this teacher, <laughs> that you don't know, imagine it's not me and she makes you get into a really hard pose and you're like, I don't want to be here. Like I, this is the last place that I want to stay, that I want to do, but I paid for this class and I'm here and I'm on my mat and I might as well do it. So like going into it, you already know you're going to have a little bit more, what's the word, a little bit more tolerance for it because you're there for it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you you experience all these emotions arising from the pose. So like one of my favorite teachers, Joe, he said he like yoga created the walls. So like the walls are there on purpose. So getting into a pose that feels terrible it's meant to feel terrible. It's not meant to feel, like, amazing or great. Like, if it's a hard pose, it's meant to be a hard pose. And you're meant to experience all of these emotions. And in a, like, normal standing or, like, a normal environment, like, with people and with all, you know, like, if feel like your boss is attacking you for something. And you're, you're, like, it's just your mind. You're just in your mind. And you just react. But if, because it's unexpected, right? It's like, you it's a trigger. So if we're ever triggered, we're just going to react naturally. We don't really like, before I started practicing, I didn't know that I had control over these triggers. So with practice, it's like the emotions arise. Sometimes you can pinpoint why. Sometimes it's like, why the hell am I angry in pigeon pose right now? Like, why is this triggering like sadness or anger? And that's like a really obvious example, which we could get into, but I won't because um, the hips have a lot of... <laughs> things tied to them but (laughs) the the emotions arise and you're still having to sit there so you're having to experience the emotions and breathe through them because that's what your instructor is most likely telling you to do so you just like it's this practice of breathing through these emotions and not reacting to them so you know like it I don't say I don't think it, it happened immediately but over time I realized I can if some if something is coming at me my defense is not to like go back at it like fight or flight like what our natural response? fight flight or freeze I think there might be a fourth one that's floating around I don't I I can't remember what it is but always science is always developing so there might be a fourth one mixed in there now but for me yoga pulled me pulls me out of that response and there's like a so I don't know if you've ever heard of the vagus nerve So the breathing that we teach in yoga is diaphragmatic breath, which expands the belly, which lets the diaphragm drop down. And then there's a little nerve that attaches to your from the back of your, like the connection point from your skull down to like L3, L4 called your vagus nerve. And as you stimulate that or massage that, it sends you into the parasympathetic response, which is rest, digest, relax. And most of us live in the opposite, which is fight, flight, or freeze, because we, we breathe here. We breathe only in our chest, which stimulates to our brain that we were in stress. And so then it's just like a chain reaction. So like physically, if you breathe right, which you do because the teacher's cueing to you, breathe right, you stimulate this parasympathetic response, and then you can react more from a place of like,
2: okay,
0: normalcy rather than like, ugh, high high stress and i think that's my biggest takeaway right now like patience being able to pause not react in ways that my triggers would have me respond which is usually not healthy
2: right. so. what, and so... just
0: being able to like be content with myself too like being able to survive like exist in my own company which has come in complete handy during covid oh,
1: God. Yeah. <laughs> i still
0: struggle with it sometimes but
1: I, I love the fact that I've taken advantage of COVID this whole pandemic with starting a podcast. I hate the fact that Genius. I, I have not <laughs> taken advantage with yoga though. This is the perfect time to do it. If I'm going to suck, suck in my own house and no one's watching me. <laughs> so
0: Honestly, I don't know. I don't know if that's the easiest time to start yoga. Like for some, there's two different, you know, there's, a, there's a spectrum. Like some people really, who were scared to go to yoga before might be thriving in their practice right now. But other people who feed off of energy, which mm-hmm. I, as a teacher, 100% thrive off of other people in the room with me. Like that's how I, that's what I teach from. That's where I get my energy from. And I wouldn't say my practice, I obviously still practice yoga, but my, I've gone much more to like different sorts of workouts and just other things because it's, you know, it's just, not the same,
1: right so. yeah as a teacher i can imagine um so yeah. I'm, I'm curious you've said it multiple times i hear it plenty of times when i take a yoga class is breathing but can you give me tips tricks all this stuff because when I'm in a yoga class, I'm literally thinking of many different things. And breathing is not one of them. It's can I, can I do this? If I can't, I'm not flexible. What's the modified move? How long am I holding this? <laughs> I'm looking at the person next to me to see what they're doing. So slow me down a little bit. Do you have any tips and tricks on breathing?
0: So my number one rule, and I don't know if this is universal, but it's what my teacher taught me, what I've experienced, what I gather breath is number one because if you're not breathing you're not actually like existing like a human does like we need breath so that needs to and it's hard it's like it took me years probably years and i still i still catch myself not breathing i'm like oh i gotta get into the pose and then i'll breathe but uh, breath should prepare you for the pose and then take you into the pose so if you ever catch yourself prioritizing something else it means you are not in the press like you it's like you're you've gone astray okay. <laughs> a little bit so that's rule number one is to breathe first and if you're breathing then it should feel good if you can't breathe then pose isn't actually it probably doesn't feel good um so yeah breath is number one um breathing from your diaphragm which is like buddha belly so when we're born As little babies, we come out and we're like, we don't have any muscles. Our belly goes up and down like a little balloon, Mm -hmm. which is how the body is actually designed to breathe. But over time, as humans who like, we want to stand up straight and we want to like be presentable, we start breathing from our chest. And like, if I were to tell you to breathe in, you'd probably go.
2: Yeah. Yes.
0: But actually, it should happen in your diaphragm, which is your belly going out and in. And there's certain times, like, if you're going upside down or if you're doing, like, a, a pose where you need, like, core engagement, which is a lot of them, you kind of dial that back and find ujjayi breath, which is just ujjayi breath is a fancy way of saying make a noise with your breath so that you can hear it and you know that you're breathing.
2: Okay.
0: <laughs> and I, and there's a, there's, it t- trickles down to a lot more things. But if you ever hear ujjayi breath, it's like, okay, I need to be making a noise so that I can focus on my breath first and then think about the pose. Um, but yeah so i guess the, the answer that i have is breath is number one is and wild. it's hard it's not easy it's that like i catch like i said i catch myself all the time being like wait i'm not i'm not breathing like i i know so like i ha- I know so many of the poses now and like i can go through a normal flow fine and like can focus on my breathing but if you throw a new teacher in who's got like all these crazy things that i've never done before i uh, i definitely revert back and i'm like oh yeah i gotta get this this bind or this pose first and then I'll try to breathe and I'm like oh okay well I'm not nope <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, it's a practice it's like a lifelong practice which is what I love about mm-hmm. it so as soon as you think you haven't figured out it'll catch up with I you. mean I guess
1: that makes me feel slightly better knowing that when I take these classes with, with what seems like professionals it makes me feel somewhat out of place so knowing that they haven't mastered it either I guess makes it I don't know less pressure on me Oh.
0: Absolutely. And that's another thing, like for beginner, all you beginners out there, like I, I've been teaching for four years and practicing for like eight and I still go into classes and can feel like I'm a beginner. But that's something that I like now. It's something that I crave. I like want to feel new. And the, one of the first rules that you learn in yoga or on my training, at least, was uh, you're always a student like even if you've done thousands and thousands of hours of teaching or training you are still a student i'm a student from the people that i'm teaching like i'm learning from your body i'm learning from the way that you move i'm learning from the what there's just always constant feedback and there's always more to learn so there's like no one in the room knows more about your body than you do so you mm-hmm. like you asked earlier if you could be a master of yoga probably not you can be a master of your body mm-hmm. or you can like I would say aim more to be a master of your body than be a master of yoga because the spectrum of yoga is so vast and there's like this style and that style and this teacher and that. Like there's just so, so, so much. And, but the idea is to be able to unify mind, body, spirit, which is to become a master of your own, of yourself, of your own mind and your own body. So you know more about your body than anyone else. So anytime you step into a yoga room, you should feel empowered just in that like no matter who your teacher is no matter what they're telling you to do you're the only one that lives in this these arms these legs this body and so you it's up to you essentially
1: yeah I clearly I need to work on my mindset obviously when I walk into a yoga class because you're right my my body and spirit I'm never really mentally prepared for what I consider sucking out, and then I don't know, like my body's not super fit. Like I'm very, I'm in good shape. I work out a lot. My cardio is really good. I, I'm happy with that. It's my flexibility is freaking terrible. So I feel like I'm just like a shark out of water when I hop into these classes. But I just could be mentally stronger. And so I want to touch on one more thing with breathing. When am I supposed to like inhale and exhale? Is there like tips on that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so my rule of thumb is anytime you're like expanding or it's it, it's difficult because teachers teach differently than me but or then you know everyone has their own style but for me it's like anytime i'm lifting or if there if there's space to expand the diaphragm which is in your belly so it's not the chest i mean obviously if you breathe in you're going to expand your chest too because your lungs are in there but anytime there's any lift or any like like if they say, okay, we're going to triangle pose, which is, I don't know if you know what triangle pose is, but you reach your arms out and you start to lean mm-hmm. over, touch your foot to your hand or hand to your foot and you're in this like triangle-ish shape. Um, so like the inhale would be the prep for the pose. And then as you exhale, so you're expanding and then you're ma- as you exhale, you're making space for yourself, your body to move into that shape. So if I was really expanded, if I was like breathing in, I wouldn't be moving into an angle that's like compressing. But there's different sizes. So like in a vinyasa class, you're probably moving more breath movement. So it's like inhale, lift, exhale, fold, inhale, travel, exhale, back or inhale, back bend, exhale, chaturanga. You know what I mean? In a like hatha or ashtanga class, you use the inhale breath to prep for the pose, exhale to get into it. And then you stay for five breaths or 10 breaths or however long they want you to stay. So... I don't know. It just it depends on the teacher. It depends on like, ultimately, though, it's up to you. Ultimately, it's up to what feels good in your body. And that discernment is probably the hardest thing because ego is constantly telling you like, no, I need to look like this person. or I need this picture that I saw or like this. Mm -hmm. The teacher's telling me to do this or like my mind's telling me to do this. Like it's up to you, which I know it's probably not the answer that you want to hear, but.
1: No, I mean, it's good. It this is. is giving me a little bit of security when I walk into the next yoga class. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and
0: I want you to know that everyone feels this way too. Like, like I said, even I feel this way sometimes too. and Or like I'm out of place or, you know, like, what am I doing here? But.
1: I don't think you're out of freaking. Everyone place. feels
0: <laughs> that way. So well. <laughs> I'm
1: out of freaking Luckily, place. Like, that.
0: It took for a long time. I wouldn't I would like beg my friends to go with me. I was I didn't want to go by myself. And it was like that step that I felt like, okay, well this needs to be for me. And I don't know anyone in here, so I don't know. Maybe I had like a step up in that that none of my friends would go with me and I just had to figure it out early on. But mm-hmm. yeah. You just have to like let go of what everyone else is doing or what you think you should be doing because old, like we all have an inner teacher which is what I think the goal my goal as a yoga teacher is to teach people to not need me anymore I know that that's not like economically sound <laughs> or not what like
2: yeah.
0: a financial advisor would tell me like as a approach to teaching but I want uh, my students I want them to learn how to listen to their inner voice wrap over mine like my voice is second my voice is like a suggestion or like a tour guide like let's go over here and see what's there but ultimately I want you to do what feels right and like learning what feels right and wrong it'll take some time like some people some people are completely disconnected I was really lucky in that I remembered pretty quickly like yoga brought me back to remembering how to listen to my body but some people have never had that connection like my ex complete he, li- he lived up here all the time like he'd yeah. no connection here whatsoever and it'll if he were to start practice, it would probably take him a long time to like actually be able to discern and he would come to classes and he's like trying to do the poses that everyone else is doing and i'm like eh.
2: yeah <laughs> <So> <laughs> no. there needs
0: to be a connection like that needs to develop first and you need to like be able to trust that inner voice which a lot of people struggle with
2: mm-hmm. i think
0: And it'll completely steer you off track and, like, make you hate yoga or make you, like, feel like you shouldn't be there. But there's room for everyone.
1: So it's funny. Out of my early podcast career, I guess you can call it, and the people that I've interviewed, I think just about every interview has said kind of, like, trust your voice. Don't just do what, like, society or the norm or the textbook says you should do. Trust yourself.
2: Absolutely. That comes up in every
1: podcast. Uh, That's – Honestly, it's great to be able yep. to connect the dots from all these people who, all, I'll use the term, who have mastered their passion. I guess it's, I mean, these ancient
0: wisdoms coming through. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's ultimate. Like we all have that innate wisdom, and I, I know there's a bunch of cheesy, like hippy dippy quotes that I could throw out at you right now, but I'm sure you've heard them all.
2: <laughs> i <see laughs> them all you my. You desire,
0: yesterday. you have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's all. I mean, it's true. Like, I mean, man, this manifesting this podcast. Like I li- like that's hit that was hippy dippy, but someone told me to make the list years ago of things that I wanted to happen. And as soon as I wrote it in a tangible way. So maybe the hippy dippy stuff is it's,
1: it is funny. It's it is funny sometimes how depth. the universe works. It's it is crazy, yeah, because when I contacted you, i was like, oh my God, I my goal was to be on a podcast. I was like, well my goal is to start a podcast. So <laughs> welcome aboard. <I> <laughs> yep. So throughout Amazing. this interview, I've heard you mention like a few types of yogas. I don't want to get in how real quick. How many are there? I don't want to get in all of them, but how many? There's like hundreds, thousands. Like what are we looking at here?
0: I don't even know. No, probably not that many. So yoga developed. Actually, probably this story is one of my favorites to tell. So yoga developed um, like five thousand years ago, or however many thousand years ago, in India as a training system for their army, their military. So they were having these young, they wanted to train these young men um, in a way that would make them really agile and, you know, just able bodies. Um, So it was not designed for women, white women especially. It was designed to like pretty much... (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. It was designed as a training mechanism for like a military. And so there were no women allowed. There was no... um, It was strictly just like you go in, you do yoga, you exhaust your body so that then you can sit in meditation and not react to whatever is external that you're like fighting or blah, blah, blah. Um, So that was the first style of yoga, which was actually called Hatha, which just means sun and moon or the practice of opposition. So it was very boring yoga. Like you would not want to go. You just like step, hold a pose for 10 breaths. Come back. Step, hold the opposite pose for 10 breaths. It was very military. And then the next guru came about, Patanjali, um, who developed Ashtanga, which is a more rigorous style of yoga, um, which has then kind of br- branched off into a bunch of other things. And like over the years, other guru or like, so, I don't know, not self-proclaimed, but other people have developed their own style. So it just, it all kind of, it branches from this one style of yoga or this one like idea and now it's gone completely haywire (laughs) so like Ashtanga is probably one of the first ones that made it over to the west which is um set series you have to have you go to like Mysore every morning a teacher you have a set sequence but then a teacher or an instructor will give you like the next postures which was not very popular in the west because we we want things faster. So we see people doing all these really cool binds and poses. And so we were like, okay, well, give me that. So then all these other people who have been studying with Patanjali, they develop their own style. So again, one of my manuals, it has like this whole flow chart. And it's really cool to see because I can like trace back my teachers to like who they trained with and who they trained with. That's cool. Which is fun. But so yeah, there's probably not hundreds of thousands, but there's definitely hundreds of thousands, but they're all developed from the same thing so like oh tatha yoga and then it split like ashtanga is very strict very set sequence no props are allowed like your fingers need to be together your gaze needs to be over your middle finger like breath on the drishti are all very serious but then iyengar he was like my body doesn't do this like he, they were brothers or something they were like really close in relation one was like yeah i'm gonna take this and be really strict then the other was like i can't really I can't reach the ground if I do this, and I think that like my bones are jabbing together and doesn't feel really safe, so he brought about these the use of props so like blocks straps using the wall, using like all these different apparatuses wow. to get into similar postures, and then there's more developments from that, so it's cool how like if you really got into it, you could like trace back your lineage. But there's so, there's so much. And there's all like, now there's like yin yoga where he, it's more passive and very um, focused on the myofascial system. And then there's restorative, which is basically like you want to sleep the whole time. Or there's like yeah Or there's like Ashtanga, which is you see all these people like folding and binding. And I don't know, there's such a spectrum, which is why I'm like, if if you went to one class, if you would just were like a brand new, if someone was like, go to a yoga class and you just picked one random one, you would have no, like, how would you know that that was the right one for you? Like, this, that was what you were looking for. Like, um, so I've studied a little bit with yoga medicine. So yoga medicine, she was a PT or physical therapist. She was sending people to yoga because that was like what other physical therapists were doing. She was like, okay, well, I'm going to do this with you, but I think you should go to yoga to stretch. And then people were coming back with, like, injuries or, you know, like, things that she wasn't expecting. And she's like, wait, what's what's actually going on? So then she studied Chinese medicine and yoga, too, and realized that there's such a broad spectrum of yoga that you actually have to be, like, you have to know what you're looking for and do, if you want to be effective and safe with it, you actually do need to do a little bit of research. So I would say, like, vinyasa, ashtanga, power yoga or like your cardio your flex if you want to like not flexibility if you want to improve in cardio and strength and like get a really good workout which i think that is more your style is that more of a core power
2: ish
0: yes yeah so like what we did at uh, downtown raleigh yes core power like sweating burning calories if you want to gain more in meditation so like you would think going to a power yoga would gain you'd like improve in flexibility but you're actually you're just hitting your range of motion and then moving right out of it so okay. if you want to improve in flexibility i would suggest yin which is if you've uh-huh. never gone to yin you're gonna hate you're gonna hate your first couple of um
1: times. i know I will.
0: it's just like <laughs> it's just inevitable because they're gonna the emotions are gonna rise you're gonna be like i don't want to sit in this posture for five minutes like why did I come here can I have my money back like get me out of here right now but when you see when you meet resistance that's usually an indication that Uh you should probably you should probably go back Uh um so I don't know there's like there's such a broad spectrum and what I've realized in my own like speaking of practices is that when I meet resistance which is what I was just like if I'm like I hate what is it about like if i immediately walk in or i do a class and i have all these like re- this list of why i don't like it then now i can discern that that's my ego and i probably have something to learn actually which is a hard thing to swallow but
2: <laughs>
1: one thing, a hard lesson one thing i've been trying to live by in the last few years is to get comfortable being uncomfortable um, that is kind yep. of how you extend like your boundaries and it's how you learn Absolutely. things. It really is not being in your comfort Absolutely. zone.
0: One of um, my favorite quotes with yoga is as soon as you want to get out of the pose, that's when the pose actually starts. So as soon as you don't want to be there anymore. Okay. We're, we're doing yoga now.
1: That makes sense. That's when <laughs> like, I want to go home. <laughs> so that makes complete yep. sense. I'm, yeah. I'm learning so much. I'm learning how the whole mindset is such a freaking big part of yoga. Um, You're breaking it you're breaking it down for me and I'm sure people who are listening are kind of like, Okay, this is making sense. This is why I want to go home and I can't even touch my toes and I'm trying to do modified (laughs) moves and this is such a huge help. What what is what's vinyasa? This seems to be a really big one. What's the difference between that and the other two you just mentioned?
0: So the actual word vinyasa just means like moving with your breath or like moving Uh in a special way, which then translates back to moving and honoring your own breath so that's what the word means um so vinyasa would be very fluid like kind of like a dance like you move with the breath like if you've ever seen a choreographed dance like that's how I think about it and that's why I like to teach it because that's like where my background comes from like I, I understand yeah. sequencing in a way that I don't know if other people understand it as well I think I think that every teacher has their own gift. And for some reason, vinyasa was just mine. Like I understand moving the body and moving with the breath. And so I can translate that very well. Um, There's also that like Ashtanga is very military. It it was designed for from Hatha. It's like a direct branch from Hatha. So it's very military. So you start at the top of your mat you do five sun a which is just very like up oh, it's like a yoga burpee for all the beginners out there <laughs> i've never heard of oh. it like it's 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 like a slow motion burpee and you do it five times and then you adapt it a, you, tr- you change it a little bit and you do it five more times and then you hit these certain postures with like very strict alignment and you hold so there's that and then yin is very passive it's on the ground your muscles are not firing because you want to get into the myofascial system which lives outside of your muscular tissues so if you're engaging the muscles you're not actually stretching the fascia so it's very much like just laying on props and like getting a gentle gentle sometimes not so gentle because people take it too far stretch Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then restorative it's like not a stretch at all you're just you're putting the body you're manipulating the body in certain positions that allow for the neurological and like central nervous system to work so restorative not super – for me, I'm, like, type A. I have a lot of, like, you know, fire in me. So restorative was very hard at first because I, if I were to go to a restorative class and not know what it is, I would hate it because I would go for, like, movement, and they would want me to basically be, like, laying on my side and sleeping. <laughs> After a while, you discern, like, the need for balance. Like, if you – I don't know, I feel like people hit this at different stages of their life. But for 20 to 30 years, you kind of just, if you're going to something with an expectation, you just want to exert energy. You want to move, especially if it's like a workout style of thing. Mm -hmm. But at some point, your body's going to start to kick back and you need to also restore and heal. And to be able to like devote time to that was a big thing for me, like to be able to like set aside 90 minutes of time to just like sit in four different positions, like that's actually been my what I consider the hardest part of my practice now. It's not the physical stuff; it's like the making time for the really passive and like sitting still and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. But there is, there's like a whole spectrum. If you, I just I could I could go on forever about all the different styles
2: of yoga. But yeah, no like kidding. right now,
0: right now I'm in a rocket style of yoga which is a rocket rocket yoga teacher training which is actually really cool i don't know do you know the grateful dead
2: yes most people
0: so bob weir had a yoga teacher named larry schultz and he had practiced ashtanga i guess beforehand but ashtanga is very strict so like you have to go to a my a teacher and like you have a sequence but then if you want to do something like a forearm stand or crow pose you want to like advance a little bit you have to have permission and a lot of times like back then they wouldn't give you permission so you'd just be doing the same thing over and over and over again until like your body looks perfect and you can breathe perfectly in a pose Mm. and then they would give you like okay well pick up your feet and go to pro pose but he was like screw this i don't like i just want to get there fast like in some i just want to do the fun things because i because i want to and so this style of yoga called rocket was developed so it's like an adaptation from Ashtanga that gets you there faster. So you like you can you can add in all the handstands you want. No one's gonna like tell you no. Like if you go to Ashtanga or an Ashtanga Mysore school, they will yell at you if you like have the wrong grip of your toes or if you're like going up when they don't think that you should be going up in the handstand. So right now yeah, so I'm in rocket
1: yoga. So you're in rocket is that for that's for you taking it. Do you teach that or, or do you mostly teach vinyasa?
0: Yeah, I mostly teach vinyasa right now and yin, which is what I'm talking about, the really passive stuff. But I will teach Rocket after this. I don't know if I'll I don't know. I'm teaching my first class Friday. So we'll see if I like it. I like the idea of having a set theory but my creative energy or like my creative flows, which I think most people are drawn to with my teaching, that would not be allowed in rocket. So like Uh, That's what I was always drawn to is teaching, like teaching what my body wants to do, but I'm excited to have something set. And then I can like, I don't know, look maybe a little more at other parts of it that I've been missing. So,
1: so when we, whenever we we wrap this up in just a little bit, I'm going to give everyone opportunity to find you online and take your classes. So I recommend that that's plan a plan B would be to I I don't know. We'll say when COVID's done to take a class that's down the street in their neighborhood or in their city, if they want (laughs) to in person, what, how should someone find a place that's good for them? Like what's a good teacher? How does someone find it? And after they take it, how do they know they had a really good teacher?
0: Mm, That's hard. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like there's probably a sole teacher for a sole individual maybe, but I would say do your research. I would say like if you see a class style that's advertised from a studio make sure you google it Mm -hmm. just to like get an idea of what you're going to get usually studios will have a little like class description page definitely read that but also a lot of studios will offer like new student specials so you can do like two weeks for 20 bucks or something that's what i did for almost a whole year when i was in new york so after i went to go to the people I was like, okay, well, I want to get a little bit more serious about this. And I started doing new student specials, which just like super cheap. You just take random classes. It's not really a monetary investment because it's so cheap usually. And I've checked mm-hmm. and it's still maybe not happening right now, COVID. But even in New York City, like the first one I did was like two weeks for $14 or something. That's like, if you're like me, like, wanting to, like, be in your body every day, I went to 14 classes in 14 days, it was, like, a dollar per class, so I would say, like, go with an open mind, and just try, just, like, be open to whatever the teacher's having you do, a lot of times, if you, like, have an expectation, you're going to be disappointed, that's, like, one of the rules of yoga, or one of the rules of life, like, let go of your expectations, and you'll enjoy it a lot, a lot more. but yeah, do a little Google search. If you're not unsure, just go try it. It's only an hour of your life that you're like not going to get back. Maybe you're probably going to learn something like try to like, if you're hating it, just be like, okay, but what what can I actually learn? What can what does this teacher? Because like, when I started teaching, which may not have been the best approach, just because I needed to be developing my own teaching style. But I started going to hundreds of like all the classes I could and I I was like every soul every teacher which is what it was at one point has something to teach me whether or not they like did the training that I did or whether or not they like had experiences I did or they had, obviously they haven't lived my life but if I could look at them and say I trust that you have something to teach me then even if I went to a horrible class or for me like it wasn't what I was looking for I could still gain something from it. And like wow. through that, I like developed my, like, okay, this is what I look for. This is what I want. This is what I don't want. But I think that you just have to try a bunch of things. Like, just as anything else, you have to be willing to like try it and not hold it accountable for anything at first. But just like trust that what you're seeking will eventually be there.
1: Out of curiosity. So, for a beginner like me, is there like something I maybe could or should look for in a teacher to be like, Oh, this person knows what they're talking about. I should definitely come back.
0: Well, I would say like, make sure that you like jive with their personality. But it, like I said, go to a bunch of different classes, but like try a bunch of things out. Cause the spectrum is so vast mm-hmm. that like, oops, I knocked over my thing, but <laughs> the spectrum is <laughs> was, like so vast. Let's not my
2: teeth.
0: Um, but there's like you're gonna drive with people, and you're not going to like. There's so many people teaching mm-hmm. yoga or other things that like there's there's there could be tons of different things that turn you off. But usually, any resistance that you meet, like I said, like an hour ago, is if you meet resistance, then it's probably something that you should try again.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. But at the same, like if you're looking for
2: physical, like gains. I would say yoga shouldn't be your first, like, your ultimate
0: thing. Like, it shouldn't be – like, you should still supplement your your physical workouts and things with other styles. Like, it shouldn't – you shouldn't, like, give everything up and then devote it to yoga because you're probably not going to get what you're looking for. Um,
1: Which leads me to my next question is, okay, so I'm somebody who wants to kind of stay fit, keep some muscle on them video my cardio how often would you recommend that I include yoga into my like let's say weekly schedule
0: this is a funny schedule There are a funny question too because ultimately yoga is not like a it's not like a if you were to ask a guru, yoga is not an exercise it's not like a physical practice it's in everything that you do so yoga is like a lot it's like kind of like it's not a religion, but it's like the way that you make your decisions. So the first limb of the yogic path is to do no harm. So it's like, it's like a constant practice, which probably isn't answering your question, but it's like how you approach your date, like everything. Like you wake up in the morning, like what's the first thing that you do? Okay. Well, I'm not going to cause harm. So I'm going to, you know, do things that don't cause harm. And then I'm going to pant into my breath a little bit more. And so, I kinda of lost track of
1: the <laughs> Well, I'm gonna keep pushing, I'm gonna dig a little deeper. Like, is there some point where it's like this is just worthless to yoga to do yoga this little? Like if I do yoga no. well, is that worthless?
0: No, not at all. So yeah, what I was, thanks for pulling me back. So yeah, it's a lifelong like every mo like every moment you could be practicing yoga to some sense. So if it's like you have physical goals that you want to maintain then I would say you need to like supplement and make sure you're meeting those goals outside of like a yoga class because yoga is more of like a mindset mm-hmm. in like actual what it's actually meant for which is probably like turning your gears a little bit out you can tell out of you, you can
1: tell I'm pushing you on the physical part and you're bringing me back every time you're just like okay. yeah Not
0: but I think that yoga's developed, like, it's progressing a little bit. So now it's more, like, functional movement. And there's, like, a lot of really cool teachers out there now that are teaching, like, mobility. And, like, if you were to go, if I would never send, a, like, an American human to a Mysore classroom in India. Because it's developed for, like, Indian bodies that could, like, that were, like, sitting and picking, you know, like, doing rice for hours. Like, it's just, so there's so many things that are unsafe. For, or not stable for our mm. bodies so it's, it's all adaptive and so i would like you could practice yoga every day you could go and you could gain from it every day in different ways but like for your physical if you have like strict or like really set physical goals that you want to attain i would say like leave yoga for like two to three times a week you know maybe four or five if like me and yeah. you just like you know you need it um but I, you can't attach anything to it. Like, as soon as you attach to some sort of physical outcome, you're out of the yoga. You're back in the ego, which okay. is hard. And <laughs> It's like a constant,
2: like...
1: But you can tell my mindset is twisted because I am going off no, physical. It's, it's normal. And, well, you're also bringing it's, me back. You're kind of reminding me what it's about, which is probably a good thing because you're yeah. getting me to a good mindset the next time I do do yoga. But I want to
0: say, like, that's totally normal. There's nothing wrong with that, because that's what drew me to the practice, too. It's what drives or pulls a lot of us that are teachers now to the practice. And, like, you get to that point where, like, okay, I'm satiated physically, and then you realize, oh, there's, like, a whole... So, like, if if there was nothing but physical aspects to yoga, I would have gotten bored. And I'm sure you would get bored eventually. And, like, Mm -hmm. everyone would just get bored. But you, like, you you like meet this certain level and then it's like, oh, but there's a whole nother thing to unwrap with like the physical and then you like climb up that and then there's like a whole nother present to unwrap with like the spiritual aspect of it. And then you like get thrown back down and it's like, okay, physical again or like you get injured from something completely unrelated or I don't know. It's always a restorative and healing. If you can approach, even if you go to like a power vinyasa class, if you can approach it as like, this is healing for me and, like, not push yourself to the ultimate level, which is hard for a lot of us because mm. we, like, we have goals and we want to meet them and the ego's there. If you can, like, pull back and let it just be what it is meant to be for the time being, then it doesn't need to be something so rigorous or, like, doesn't have to meet certain plateau. I don't know. Does that make
2: sense?
1: Yeah. It's, it's making a lot of sense because i i, I need to get but. no it's, i need to get better at this this is it's eye-opening and it's something i need to get better i want to step into the studio or do it here during the covid or mm-hmm. and not just to do that but it's to con- continue to step in continue to practice yeah. it and that's you got to have a strong mindset um, and that's yeah. just something i of the like lacking.
0: one of the first yeah. One of the first, one of the main sutras is to like practice non-attachment. So it's like showing up, like being consistent and showing up and practicing, but then having no attachment to the results, which is like, a lot like I try to apply that in my life. And it's, so, it's so much easier now on my yoga mat, <laughs> not how uh, attachment, like, sure, I'll skip this sun salutation. I'll just sit in child's pose. I'm not attached to it, but then like, it'll come up later and i'm like okay well obviously i still have more work to do in the physical realm so then it will be easier
1: Mm -hmm. here so going back to kind of you you touched on the topic of like finances two for 14 bucks or whatever you said like in the world of yoga i feel like you might have already answered this is it sometimes you get what you pay for or take any class you can kind of get and you'll learn something no matter what
0: yeah i think that's an interesting question so like with from the teacher aspect one of the things that i struggle with is like yoga could be a free practice it's healing i should want to offer it to everyone but at the same time like I, ahimsa which is the first limb it's like so the eight limbs path, and there's little prongs so like the first prong of the first limb is like ahimsa which means to do no harm which means i need to like feed myself and
1: it's yeah like, yeah oh, sure
0: for I'm sure financial. yeah i mean you personally safe. i'm
1: just saying like yeah. if i see it on groupon or if i see something like should i be like and eh, this is probably a oh, class yeah. or
0: no i wouldn't say that at all i'd say like it's all depend. like any teacher i i have the mindset that any teacher can teach me something even if the class is free or even if i like accidentally walk up on a yoga class like the The connection is divine, and there's something there that I just need to be present for, which is like, you know, the definition of meditation, which is what you want to practice with your with your asana, which is postures. So, yeah, I would say if it feels if it aligns and you can go to the class and it works for your budget, then go and don't like if you get there and you're like, oh, this is not what I expected, then you're already doing it wrong and you need to like back up a little bit and say mm-hmm. what do I have to gain from this experience maybe it's not from the teacher at all maybe it's from the person next to you like you know being in their body and not caring what the pose looks like and you're like oh well, I thought I was just be doing this but sh- they're doing child pose right now okay well oh I learned how to like just sit and breathe when everyone else is doing something I couldn't do I don't know. Yeah. So my answer is that there's something to gain if it's available and it's accessible, and it works, it's aligned. Mm-hmm. It's a good word. Then okay. Now. You're meant to be there.
1: One of my biggest struggles, I think, too, is not necessarily knowing the terms and the language. So I'm constantly looking up at the teacher, and by the time I'm looking up, I'm like, okay, and I finally catch up, and they're on to the next. So I'm constantly behind. Super frustrating. Is there any kind of tips you would say, do this beforehand or go here, like sit here or stand here during class so you can get a better eye on somebody? Like, what do you recommend?
0: So, yeah, tying it, like, first thing, I would say start either, so there's, there's, I would say go in the middle of the room. Because in the middle of the room, you can see that if you're moving in yoga, you know that sometimes you're looking forward, sometimes you're looking backwards, Mm -hmm. like in down dog, you're looking. So I'd say go in the middle of the room, like kind of maybe to the side a little bit so the teacher's not like calling you out if you're apprehensive about it. Um, Middle of the room, but also maybe doing a little like getting a book like a yoga. there's tons of books for beginners that just have like pictures of poses mm-hmm. if I had gotten a yoga book I probably wouldn't have done a teacher training right off the bat like like I was saying before like if I had known there were trainings or workshops there's tons of like little weekend intensive now that are like ba- yoga basics where you just learn like what warrior two is or what all the poses are because you're right like having to look up takes you completely out of mm-hmm. your own experience your own body and you're just like And you know that the alignment is not right if you're craning your neck to one side. So that's a huge thing, I think. And yeah, a book like Light on Yoga, I could I could like make you a little list of yoga books with pictures that would help. But also over time, the more familiar you get with it, you won't have to look as much and it'll it'll be much more predictable
1: yeah which is very helpful because one like I said I go and I stop and I go and I stop so I forget the poses I forget the names so before I take a vinyasa class I think it would be super helpful to look at a book or to like google image like what are these poses to be somewhat familiar so in my head when I hear the teacher I don't have to stop look up and see what they're doing and by then it's like they're already in the next move it's like oh shit I missed that one (laughs) so
2: that's
0: another thing though like I don't think a lot of teachers, maybe they don't like express this enough, but I don't expect my students to go at the pace that I'm queuing. So if I'm like, okay, inhale warrior one, mm-hmm. you know, and then exhale go down. I don't expect people to do it like right away. And I I don't know if that just doesn't get translated effectively, but like you can go up as long as you want to go up and then you can go down. Like, yeah, you might like miss a pose or two, but if it feels good, like go up and stay there for a while. And like, mm-hmm. Settle into the pose and feel it for what it's meant to be. And then transition and then catch up. And I think that's another ego thing. It's like fighting with you like, Oh, I need to be doing what everyone else is doing. Yep, and like, exactly. you're not alone. And I still do that. So it's not like, please don't feel alienated, but <laughs> it's like, that's that discernment piece that like inner teacher piece that needs to develop a little bit more and be like, okay, well, yeah, they can do this. I'm still here and it's fine. And now I'm going to put my hands down and I'm going to catch up and it's okay. Um, Because the book, like, I'm a very visual, like, in in the experience type of learner. So, like, Mm -hmm. opening a book wouldn't have been very as effective for me. Like, I always had a coach, like, gymnast at four years old. I always had a coach, like, poking me and, like, put your arms here and do this and that and that. So, for me, I learned from being in a classroom. But some people are visual learners and they need to see, like, a picture of the pose. And all of these materials are available you can youtube thousands of yoga videos and you can like google image search or you can read a book or you can like go and like sit in the back of a class and just like not do it <laughs> and watch people but i'm a physical learner so like i'm gonna put my foot here my foot there and lift mm-hmm. my arms and i'm gonna remember it and i'm gonna like associate but
1: so for anybody who's listening to this that wants to get into yoga, I r- highly recommend looking at pictures, looking at what, because I'm telling you, it throws you off when you don't know what's going on. Yeah. It's almost like you're in a, in a class where you speak English and they're speaking just like Chinese or something. Yeah. It's just like, well, I don't know what they're saying. I don't know what this means. And then you're two, three moves behind and, <laughs> and the ego takes well, a there shot.
0: Is a, yeah, there is a language like Sanskrit is what a lot of teachers will cue in before they cue the English, and that's just. That's like keeping, like, I don't have anything against that because it's keeping the tradition alive. Like, we don't want to, like, completely westernize Mm -hmm. yoga and just make it English because all these these translations tie back to a meaning and a story and all these, you know, it has roots. So if you hear a random, it does sound like a different language, even if it's in English, but then also teachers will throw in, like, a completely different language. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's always a method. There's always, like, there's a reason for it and I don't I, I trust that with every teacher like they have a reason for what they're teaching and
2: mm-hmm.
0: just have to yeah do a little bit of research or just be consistent with just going back to the so if you feel like a teacher speaking a different language to you I would recommend going back to that same piece te- like if you get used to a teacher you'll start to mm-hmm. it'll be a more of a pattern because like every teacher has a developed style Mm. and if you just keep changing teachers all the time or changing studios or styles it's going to be much more confusing so i would say find a little consistency find a yoga home find a place where you can ask questions and not feel like you know out of place or like they're judging you like find somewhere you're comfortable with ask questions and like don't expect if if you ask questions and the studio turns out not to be what you're looking for, then don't feel bad about leaving because the studio, if the studio is operating from like a good place, they're not going to mind if you decide that it's not for you and you need mm-hmm. to go somewhere else. You know,
1: that's, that's definitely great advice. It's great advice for someone in my position or someone looking to get started. Um, so yeah. speaking of someone looking to get started, I, I feel like we've gone Quite a while, and I have not brought up the topic of hot yoga yet. Is when should someone look into hot yoga compared to just normal te- room temperature?
0: <laughs> it depends on what you're looking for. I I love I love hot. I I grew up in North Carolina, so humidity I'm used to it. Mm-hmm. I love the beach. Um, hot yoga. So the first yoga I told you when I was in summer camps, like hated yoga. It's like this is BS. I don't want to sit. On the ground for an hour, like I want to do stuff, and then went to yoga with to people and it was just naturally hot because there was fifty people in the class we were two inches away, and I like could see what I was doing like poured out on the mat and it was very like satisfying gratifying like you can see the results of your practice and it feels really good so I would say it depends on what type of person you are and what goals you have if you are I wouldn't say jump right into it if you're a pretty lethargic or you know like a very beginner just because the heat can be overwhelming but for me and probably for you someone who's like pretty aware of their body pretty physical can you know like does workouts on their own I say hot yoga is is a great place to like really get driven out of your mind because like you, you can't think about anything up here because you're like oh my god I'm sweating everywhere and like why It might not. It might feel mental because you're still thinking, but you're thinking about your body, which is a good transition rather than thinking about all your problems or your to-do list or like what's stressing out at work and da 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 da. So, be thinking about your body is like one step closer to where we want to be. So for me, it like pulled me there, which I would say for you too probably. And for a lot of us, like Type A, Pitta types, which is an Ayurvedic term, but we're in the Western. We're a lot of us are that way, so we need like we need that tangible evidence of work that we're doing in order to like get attached or attached is not the word, but like addicted isn't the word either, but you know what I mean? To like mm-hmm. really feel like it's beneficial. And then like, so that pulls you in and then you develop it a little bit more from there. So I wouldn't say like, if you, any teacher should tell you, if you start to feel a certain way, sit down and like, take child's pose, so it's accessible for all levels. As long mm. as you're like being mindful with the breath, which is number one. Um, so I wouldn't say it's not for anyone, but if you're like, if you hate the heat, I would
2: say. Maybe.
1: <laughs> I will say, but- I, I'm going to say the obvious here. Like with the heat, I feel like it's my flexibility is freaking terrible. I can touch my hands to my chin. So that's as far as I go. <laughs> but um, I feel like the heat is definitely up, obviously with the little, a little yeah. bit of flexibility. So as much as I don't like hundred plus degrees or whatever, I really don't. It actually, I like to be able to, I feel like I can accomplish a little more with being able to move a little more in some of these poses. Abs-
0: Absolutely. Like heat is our bodies. What do we operate at? Like 98.7 degrees. Mm-hmm. Our bodies love, like we're like heat. We love our muscles and our fascia. They love to be warm. Like that's why you warm up for everything. Like your body loves to be warm but that's kind of like a false so when I I taught in a hot room for two years or like two plus years and so like my practice was I was so gumby not so but you know I was much more flexible I thought I was organically flexible but I was like flexible because of the hot room so I would say mm. go to a hot room enjoy it stay there as long as you want but then like your progression is going to plateau at some point And you're going to need to start making that heat within yourself, which is what the ujjayi, which is a yogic term for a breath style that we do, which I think I might have touched on before, but that's in it's a style, it's a technique to create heat in the body. So, like a cheat, a hot room is almost like a cheat. It's like, okay, I'm going to heat the body outside, and then that's going to give me all these repercussions internally, which is great. I'm not, I have nothing against it. I'm not going to tell you not to go to a hot yoga class but at some point you're going to realize that it's not integral (laughs) or like it's not honest and you're going to like do a cold yoga class or not cold but you're going to do a room temperature yoga class and you're going to feel like you didn't get as much from it which is when I started teaching back in regular rooms I was like what's different here or practicing back in like non-heated rooms I was like what's different here oh it's harder oh this is resistance that I'm eating oh so this is where I need to like work a little bit. So it's just level. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That definitely makes complete sense. Um, real quick while we're touching on hot yoga, you have any recommendations on like hydration before like someone were to hop into this.
0: Hydrate at least like three to six hours beforehand. If you chug a bunch of water before you go into a hot room, you're going to feel terrible. Um, but you do need to hydrate beforehand. Um, you like most a lot of Ashtanga teachers will tell you not to drink water during your practice just because it's cooling the body and like oh, that's traditional. Like, you don't want to cool the body while it's trying to heat up. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would say hydrate two to four, three to six. Like, make sure you're drinking lots of water beforehand. Don't go in like chug a whole bottle because it doesn't work out. I mean, like, drink water, don't be super strict about it. Don't like restrict yourself from drinking water from the whole time, but save it for emergencies once you get comfortable in the hot room like as Mm -hmm. once it's not if it's like oh i could take a drink of water right now like maybe i'll just see if it's discomfort because of the heat or if you can like work around it but yeah i would suggest hydrating a little bit
1: beforehand i've done and
0: after but
1: i've done hot yoga quite a few times i don't forget the first time i did it i definitely stood up too fast and i got fuzzy <laughs>
0: and
1: oh, I was yeah. down in child's pose for a couple of minutes while everyone was moving around me. I said, "Oh boy, yeah, they got oh, me." Oh
0: yeah, I had. I was in a class one time when someone he like stood up and just kept going. Back. and He was fine. He, wow. Like we all were like, "Oh my god, we need to." Stop. I wasn't teaching. I was taking at this point, but he he was fine. He went out of the room and then came back. I mean, that's a pretty. That's why they, like the first time that you stand up in a yoga class or a hot vinyasa class, it's really imperative that the teacher says like roll up really yeah. slowly like take your time make sure you're breathing because it's a big head brush if your blood is all like down here and then you go stand up
1: mm-hmm. yeah I, I can definitely attest to that um yeah. so I would say <laughs> I said we can start wrapping this up you got you've been a freaking pleasure to talk to before we do that yeah. um do you have any like if you had one piece of advice to give to somebody who's listening to this that's Kind of starting like myself what would that one piece of advice be to get us into the next step of actually doing this
0: i would say show up like just go, like if it's something that is has shown up in your like every day a couple times if like you have a friend suggesting like hey let's go to yoga or if like someone's like you should try this because it might be helpful in this way we're naturally going to resist things that could be good for us all the time so if it keeps coming up then show up and just like without any expectation without tying like oh i'm gonna get this out of this or that be open to what it could bring to us because i would like i wouldn't be sitting here if that first person wouldn't have said like hey what are you doing on a tuesday night do you want to go to yoga class i could have gone to i could have gone to another like punk rock show in Mm -hmm. williamsburg but i was like Well, no, yeah, I guess I'll try this, and here we are, and it just evolved from there.
1: It reminds me of the the podcast previous to this. I interviewed a friend, um, Brian, who has the Just Get Started podcast, and we talked about half the battle is just showing up, and you just confirmed that.
2: Uh, absolutely it is
1: funny how things tie together just showing up is half the battle and that's a battle I freaking lose all the time to yoga and it's about time I (laughs) I step up and show up
0: it really is and that's why like in-person classes are so like it's really hard for me and probably you too like there's there's definitely a spectrum and like some people are thriving in their practice right now but for me it's like If I could just get myself, like, for the first years of it, it was like, if I could just get myself to the studio, then like the teacher's gonna carry me from there, and like that's gonna be what I need for now. Like, and luckily I had those years building up to this, and now I can. Okay, so just like getting, if I can just get to my mat and just show up, it doesn't matter what I do on my mat because as long as my feet are there, my body's there, like I, the rest is gonna just fall into place, even if it's just five minutes or. Mm -hmm. if it ends up being two hours or if like i hate the teacher and i like whatever it's you're gonna connect to your breath and you're gonna be a little bit more mindful about the way that you move and the way that you like go off of your mat too and even if it's just like a tiny 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 little bit it's it's working
2: towards like better improvement so that's obviously
1: that's great that's (laughs) I, I couldn't come up with better advice and I gotta take that myself. And so I know COVID is kind of wreaking havoc on the world of yoga and showing up to classes as well as many other things. What's um so people wanted to get like a hold of you? What's what's your current like what's your current like structure and what about the like near future, like when things might start getting back? Do you have anything planned for like next twenty twenty one or anything? So right now
0: I have a website with ccflows.com, c i c i flows f-l-o-w-s and i have a channel it's like a subscription channel so you pay monthly it's 20 it's like 19.99 a month which is do it it. she's awesome she's
1: a good teacher
2: Uh,
0: thank you and i was offering live classes before i started so like zoom we would like log on on zoom and i would send out the record i'd put the recording on the channel afterwards but right now Mm -hmm. i'm in a training so there's not quite as many live classes but there's like 45 of, in the library that people can do, and I'm doing like one live class a week. Um, I'm also the retreats are slowly starting to happen again. So I have a retreat with Yoga Co at the end of September in Montana. That's um, gonna be really amazing. Montana like my favorite place, and it's in Whitefish, so like 30 minutes from Glacier International Park. Um, I've mm. been, I did a training there and another retreat earlier in the year. So it's a like beautiful, on my Instagram it's a
1: beautiful see. place. Is it sold
0: out? Cannot. What?
1: Is it sold out? Is your retreat sold out?
0: No, 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 no. All right. So
1: people, people, even if you hate yoga, go take this. You go to Whitefish in Glacier. Yeah.
0: Well, the yoga is only a little part. I mean, yoga is only one part of it. There's all we all do hikes and we go on the lake and we do sound healings (laughs) and, and all kinds of stuff. It's great. Like my mentor, who I did my training with, she was she's been everywhere. She does trainings in like Bali, the Maldives, Australia fiji like all over the place and she was like, You need to come here with me. It's my favorite place on earth and I was like, No freaking way. And I go I went there and I'm like, Montana, who knew? Right in my Uh like theoretical backyard. So it's beautiful. You will not be disappointed even though it's domestic. Like I was very (laughs) resistant to it at first, but it's incredible. Um and then hopefully in November I'll be leading I'm supposed to go to Bali and lead a two hundred hour teacher training. if borders work out and then the website and the channel will kind of continue on and i'll do zoom stuff but yeah those are my two live
2: hopefuls Yeah.
1: yeah so it sounds like you're doing some world trips here which i mean hopefully at some point we're all doing world trips again but so follow you on instagram so you can watch that And you're such an inspiration. So I I appreciate that. This has been a huge help to me. And I'm sure for the people who have listened to this entire podcast, they've taken something from it. Whether you're an expert, whether you, you, you continue to show up or you just can't show up and you can't get there. There's always something you can take from a class, which is not what I was thinking, honestly like yeah. it's it's oh, not well, I'm glad. I
0: would show <laughs> sometimes up I feel like, like this stuff is obvious but no
1: know. I would show up and say you know I should do yoga it's know, been a few months I should and I'd start the clock and I'd say I, I can't wait to say I did this just being to be done with it
0: But if even even if that's your mindset when you go at least you've got there you know like sometimes we can't control sometimes like the control part of it is hard and yeah. I would say if you can get there like if you get on your mat in a class and you hate it, you're not likely you're not going to leave. And then you still showed up. So there's still mm-hmm. something that you can take from it, so.
1: I guess on that note, it's a great time to end this. And you can follow me at the Pursuit of, Pursuit of Happiness podcast uh, on Instagram. I'll post this episode there. Like I said, she's a great teacher. Go check her out. Follow her. Uh, get in contact with her. She's teaching all over the place. So who knows? Maybe she'll be in your neighborhood soon.
0: i have imagine a better first podcast.
1: Awesome. I'm glad you had fun. We'll catch you all later. Uh